That's the NPR <laughs> shtick. That's what I did last. Hello, welcome. Yeah, you were doing NPR last week. I I sounded very smooth last week. No, it was, it was great. <laughs> I'll say too, we had some uh, comments from some of the listeners um, about David and I's like uh, interactions. I would just like to take this opportunity. To apologize for absolutely fucking nothing. <laughs> we did, uh, we were offered a Patreon slot if me and John, uh, fist fight. Oh, I'm Hello and welcome to another exciting episode of Kentucky Commons Radio Hour. This week I'm joined by uh, my lovely co-host John Renane, Michael Muller, and we have two special guests this week, both from the same place, Gallant Fox Brewing Company. So I'd like to welcome on Roger Huff and Patrick Workman. Thanks for having us. Howdy. Um, I know it was a long drive over here from Clifton, so <laughs> thanks for making the hike. That's one thing nobody knows about Louisville. You can get anywhere in 10 minutes. 10 minutes. So, Ish. so, um, I mean, we got you guys on this week. We're back to guest format, which is awesome. Last week we did this kind of by the three of us. So, uh, I think that was enough for everyone. <laughs> so, <laughs> Glad to be here. Uh, so if you want to see all these lovely people together, uh, you can visit our Patreon online and you'll get a full, beautiful 4k video feed of everything that's going on today. And you can see us all waving here. I don't know that anyone wants to see us all in 4K. I, I do. <laughs> and that Patreon link for those listening is www.patreon.com slash kycommons. $3. It's $3 a month, guys. Just either do that or rate us five stars. Either way, we'll be happy. We're both, you know. Yeah, it's, it's preferred. We'll take any review, but five stars is preferred. <laughs> so anyways, uh, getting into Gallant Fox. We want to talk a little bit uh, about you guys. What 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 art? I mean, we've we've known about you guys for a while. We've done a lot of fun projects, but we want to hear it from the horse's mouth or the fox's mouth, if you will. I think both are appropriate, right? Yeah. So um, <laughs> thanks, guys, again, for having us on here. Um <clears throat> So, you know, a lot of people, I think, have heard our story. Um, we've been talking about it for the last two years. So um, the cool thing about being here in Brewgrass is that uh, this is one of the places that kind of helped give us our start over the years. Uh, Patrick and I were, were very regular um uh, patrons of brewgrass coming in as we started home brewing, even before we brewed under any kind of name. Um, and, uh, you know, it's good to be back. So for those who don't know, Gallant Fox, a little bit of history about us. We uh, started, uh, Patrick and I started brewing together uh, when we worked together in a day job. Patrick, IT, me and marketing. And uh, we just both found out that we both home brewed and thought it would be fun to do it together. Um, started brewing some beer and, uh, you know, progressively it started to taste palatable. And then it started to taste good. And then, and then of course, as all things happen, my wife. I would actually say it was always good. <laughs> I don't, I don't remember a bad brew that we ever did personally. That's yeah, that's true. Um, 
so you know as as things started to get good my wife kicked us out of the garage as all things go we uh we decided to get a bigger space uh so that we could brew and uh in the winter of like 2017 we set out in one of our cars i don't remember which one now but we just we were looking for places up and down brownsboro and in the highlands and just came up on a place in clifton um, and one thing, it was an art collective building and one thing led to another. And, uh, a few months later, uh, we started brewing an unconditioned 600 square feet in the back. And we had a conditioned 300 square feet in the front that we were doing poker nights in. And, um, as more and more to, you know, keep the story a little short for the listeners as the more and more space in the building became available, we started having conversations about making it legal and, you know, in a commercial space and getting licensing and, uh, and of course, we decided it would be amazing to open during a global pandemic. So in <laughs> April of 2020, <laughs> we opened our doors to four people who decided to come in and <laughs> try our beer. Those are four very brave people. That's right. A lot yeah. of obviously, like most people who end up in the commercial beer like industry and stuff start out as like homebrewers, just like you guys did. But of all the like Louisville breweries and things, you guys, to, to me at least, to my heart, the homebrew store dude, uh, you guys have the most kind of like homebrewed business. Like it really, truly was your all's passion project. You had to get it out of the garage. It was something you guys both enjoyed doing together. Every kind of like kind of brew buddies team at some point says, you know, we should we should start a brewery. But you guys didn't kind of go crazy with like a million dollars. You guys really did do it like piece by piece, like, you know, uh, sweat equity and bootstrapping and just like. So I just hats off to you guys. I I love that business model and it's not the easiest to do, but especially kind of I, I talk about this sometimes too. people who opened up during COVID, I think are going to have the superpower of like knowing how to be lean and knowing just like how to know where dollars are going out, where dollars are coming in. And more importantly than anything, uh, just building up a community. You guys have been great about that. Has that been conscious, unconscious? Is that just kind of how it happened? Yeah, you know, a little bit of that is just our experience with marketing, I think helps, right? And the, the ability to get people in the door when nobody's coming in the door. But um, I think you bring up a really good point. And Patrick can actually talk a little bit more about this is just how organic everything was. You know, we didn't, um, we didn't go out and price big brewing equipment out. We, we literally. Uh, I think you guys had a fermenter that you're like, oh, shit, this is too small. Everything was yeah. too yeah. small. We, we had a one barrel system. Um that's a lot of brewery. We we never even really planned on opening the brewery as it exists today. It was literally, as Roger said, it was an art collective. And I, I think the story is a better building opened up somewhere in Germantown. So all of these right. tenants that had like, you know, there was a uh, there was a guy that had just a room and he he handmade jewelry. And another person that was in where our brewing equipment is now who did something with like porcelain. And all of these tenants vacated right around the same time. And um, so, you know, our landlord was anxious to do something with the space. So we had, we got good terms. We, next thing I know, without even a business plan, with with not any really deep thought into it, we're signing a lease on all these rooms and we're in there with a sledgehammer the business a few plan. days later. Work as hard as fuck you know, every knocking day. Knocking walls down, yeah. painting ceilings, built, I mean, the original Gallant Fox was a hundred percent sweat equity and drained 401ks. Hell yeah, Correct. man. <laughs> I can sympathize. So did yeah. you all like and that that helped. I mean, it, it it did help when the pandemic hit to not have a lot of debt overhead. 
Yeah. So absolutely. Yeah. And I think for better or for worse, um, I think there, there were other people who weren't in that same situation, which is kind of sad to see, but, um, as a lot of other restaurants in the area benefited from a lot of equipment hitting the market at the same time, we benefited from a lot of brewing equipment going on the market. So we were able to upgrade to get some larger fermenters and get some stuff that we probably wouldn't have got for the, for what we got it for. And we, I mean, we have been everywhere. We've driven to Charleston, South Carolina to pick up bright tanks. We've driven to St. Charles, Illinois. Mm-hmm. Is that where it was to pick <laughs> up, to pick up oh, yeah, two fermenters, Detroit, and, Detroit for the, Detroit, the brew system that I we're mean, using currently. So are these just all like on Facebook marketplace? No, or? There's actually a place probrewer.com yeah. shout out to pro brewer. Um, is a, a marketplace for brewers. And so you can find stuff as, as kind of as small as one barrel is really about as small as you can find the, and, and, and there's, it's separated. There's a whole used section of people. A lot of it is you can the, find a lot of crazy shit on there too. Oh, like tons. Of, you <laughs> can find from like the seventies, yeah, like, like old pipe. Someone the other day was selling like 60 barrel photos and I'm just like, and they were going relatively cheap and I'm like, well, I have nowhere to put that, but you know, interesting. So, but um, it yeah. might take a month of brewing nonstop to fill that up. <laughs> Correct. On Correct. our three and a half barrel system. But um, sorry. No, but technical, I think technical uh, if you were to look at the space that we have now, it looks it it really does look like there was a lot of thought put into like like detailed thought <laughs> put into how, <laughs> how the the space is set up because it seems it's it has a good flow. It was it's all based on like what we acquired in the building at what point where it was like, okay, we're taking this out and we need this. So we're making this space, our brew space. And 95% of our equipment is used. Yeah. Absolutely. Even our walk-in cooler came out of a, was little, it a subway? Little Caesars. Little, little Caesars. <laughs> really? We have a little Caesars walk-in cooler. We have a, we have, choice. we have a three vessel sink from a subway. That's right. The three vessel sinks from subway and, and, yeah. and uh, the one that came out of uh, uh, Oxmoor mall. Nice. So, that's yeah. awesome. Yeah. So it's a lot of diligent looking and being a little bit frugal with what we do. And uh, like Patrick said, um, you know, we we didn't put a business plan together. So when we went to open our second location uh, and they asked for a business plan, we were like, but we we know what we're doing. Like, we'll just <laughs> first one, we did, we'll, we did this. We'll just build it. Right? <laughs> we'll just, just do I got business. this great plan. It's all up here. Just trust me. Just trust me. It's fine. We got this. Yeah. 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 Well, the bank made us get a business plan. <laughs> Yeah. Silly yeah. We're professionals. We bought half of this stuff online. That's right. Can't we do that again? Well, one one thing that we wanted to do as we kind of look forward to these different expansion plans and what you're doing to the tap room in Clifton and, and Mount Washington there, uh, is also just kind of look back for a second of, of where you've come. And uh, one of the things that we thought of when we were thinking about that was the very first time we did a collab beer with any brewery uh, was with you all. And that was a beautiful beer named cinnamon toast busters which i still have a can of so uh let's Dot jpeg let's let's see how this beer has has turned out over the last uh year and a half 14 yeah 14 15 months all right all right the cinnamon I'm, I'm, toast really adds like a nice terroir i think that was like what that was two years ago so that was like the 2020 ooh, cinnamon toast crunch. sounds good oh, i like it so the can is Basically, caution tape. <laughs> was that a Kinsey? Uh, yeah, Kinsey. Kin- Shout well, out to Kinsey Bernhard, boys are from Marsden podcast. That's right. She she did a great job on this can. She was a uh, you know a bartender and she helped us with marketing and digital media a bit and uh, did some of our labels for us. So, but it's um, got uh, what, what if you're if you're listening down in Austin now, uh, good luck at Austin Brewer. Hell yeah! Shout out Kinsey. Yeah. 
This was kind of a wild beer. You guys want to walk us, uh, take us down a trip through memory lane on all the different crazy adjuncts that we put in here? Oh, no. David gets this. David gets the pleasure of this. Yeah, David, what's on the can? Yeah. Uh, So so the can, uh, like I said, resembles some kind of like caution tape, and then it's got a crazy little cinnamon toast guy with his tongue out. Uh, He's like Ghostbusters. Yeah, but with a sensor sign in front of it. Yeah, this is the Ghostbuster logo, right? Yeah. But the toast buster. The toast busters, right? The cinnamon. Where did we make we made was it intellectual pooperty it made their their site yes yes yeah we did well. one of those <laughs> we did well, we did well Maybe it was... off enough to make a famous ripoff instagram account that's right <laughs> there's just so much going on between cinnamon toast crunch and ghostbusters it's just it's a lot and those pe- those peppers are the strong peppers on the the pepper yeah. is yeah so what, very what, prominent. what was it it was uh it was a pasilla but it was roasted pasillas, right? Oh man, this uh, is better now than it I was, was about to say. I haven't, I haven't, I haven't had it yet. <laughs> Me neither. This so, is so uh, delicious. Read us the adjuncts, and then we'll do our yeah, ten-second tasting notes. Yes. So really this, this well. is a giant beer is, um, that we make. Next time we make this, we'll just hold it for a year. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, or we could put it in a barrel. Um, but what we actually made here was a golden stout, um, which is a stout that you use primarily light malts in without any dark malts. Um, we added uh, a metric ton of cinnamon toast crunch cereal, um, pasilla peppers, cocoa nibs, vanilla, and coffee beans. Um, Pro tip, if you are going to add pasilla peppers, just use a few. <laughs> so, <laughs> Which is what we learned. Yes. Also, shout out to the brothers. Toast them in the oven because so they it, will uh, be hot and burn the whole. <laughs> it's a <laughs> beautiful, beautiful, beautiful light brown. Nailed it on the color. It's probably a little dark for what you would call a white stout, but with all the crazy shit that got brown. put into this beer. I mean, what would you call it? Copper. How this is copper? like copper and gold. Copper and gold. Yeah. 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 We, we, we did call it a golden, golden stout. stout. Golden yeah. stout. There you go. All yeah. right. Well, I take it back. It's perfect. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's perfect. perfect. Uh, the nose is those toasted roasted peppers. It really shines through. It's really, really nice and like bright and balanced over time for sure. Yeah. No, but I, you I, get a hint I, I, of the cinnamon oh, in the yeah. nose too. I yeah. Think. Actually, I like this a lot more. <laughs> yeah. It's 10% too, which is, that was like the deceptive part of all of it was. The cinnamon toast crunch and the peppers really hide that alcohol. <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> yeah. No, so if you have a great. can of it, open it now. Yeah, you know, it reminds it's, me of like a curve. churro. It's like a churro kind of vibe. Yeah, or like mm-hmm. dessert and it makes get a awesome like Mexican restaurant. I still get a ton of vanilla and coffee. Yeah, coffee. it's there on the it's back. It's got end. all the stuff. Yeah, yeah for sure. Hmm. Well, who would have guessed that that was a banger? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I thought this was going to turn out bad when you pulled that yeah. out. Yeah. And <laughs> you, you guys canned that so right off of the line, right? Were those? No, those are canned off of. We have one single fill counter pressure filler. Okay. Hell yeah. But yeah. that was you didn't run that through like a line. You guys filled those. What do you Oh, it doesn't it not it's not our tap line. Okay, okay. No, okay. no, it comes out of uh we have like a canning. Cuz I was going to say it's held up very well if you guys can this by hand. Okay. <laughs> no, so. no, no. <laughs> and uh we've done another collab since mm. then. A much simpler collab compared to this guy, but it was a Kentucky Common. It's pretty pretty straightforward Kentucky Common. I always liked it though. Yeah. It was, it was a bump good. up though. It was uh, It was a little strong. Yeah, a little heavy Kentucky Look, Common. I think it came in at 6%. Right about. Five nine, five nine. Which I believe the style tops out. Five five, five five. Okay, mm-hmm. those are just guidelines. Yeah. yeah, yeah. When when you all were like homebrewing, did you ever pay attention to that style at all? Did you did you know about it? Was it something that was on your radar? Um, I think I'll let, I'll let Patrick answer this one. Um, y- y- yes and no. I you know I started homebrewing in nineteen ninety nine. Um, Holy shit. <laughs> I was uh, stationed at Fort Eustis. I brewed my first five gallon batch of beer in the military barracks. 
And back then, and for many years, I was just buying kits. You know, I'd buy a box and it would come in a box and everything I needed to brew a whatever, pale ale was included. And then I think over time, um, we I started building recipes myself. I was always aware of the style. Now, the style for me has always been a little bit of a guide, uh, especially when it comes to like ABV. If I wanted something lighter or heavier, I didn't really, you know, unless I'm sending a beer off to be judged, uh, where those sort of paying attention to that level of detail is really important. Um, it's always been more of a guide, especially with color too. Like, you know, what, I mean, what, is there a style for golden stout? No, no. I right. mean, so, I don't think so. Um, so yeah, if you're talking about the official styles like BJCP and some of the others that are out there, then. And major props. We shout out Leah a lot, but shout out to Leah for getting Kentucky common to, for doing a lot of the work. It wasn't a, it wasn't just one person, obviously, uh, but she really did a lot to kind of write the guidelines about what it can talk. Can, Kentucky Common should be and taste like and look like, and she has strong opinions about it, um, which I think is is awesome. And the one you guys made, push push was the guidelines, make it good. It was my personal favorite. I love it. Yeah, yeah. David was heavily involved in the process. Correct, correct. Yeah, yeah if I recall right, he showed up uh, three hours late to the brew day and was extremely hungover. No, no. Shout, shout out, out, a shout out to Scout and Scholar for that. Yeah, I, 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 I have people to blame for that, but but you showed up. Props. Yeah, I did text Moeller and say if he doesn't get here before we're done with the transfer, it's yeah. no longer a collab. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> all, all I remember is showing up that day and you're like, here, we just bottled this rum barrel pancake bullshit. <laughs> and you're like, want some? And I'm like, how strong is this? And then I took a little sniff and I was like, I'm going to go throw up now. <laughs> like, Goodbye. Uh, yeah, you guys are always super fun to collab with. And thank you. So like just this kind of creativity again that with that homebrew vibe. It's like something special. So you guys are great. Thanks for always being good, good collaboration partners, even if the collaborator is a little bit hungover and a little yeah, bit late. We you, love you, it, man. The spirit yep. of the thing is awesome. Well, one of these days I'll make it for a brew day. Yeah, for sure. I, I don't know. You're going to have to get your boss to let you off for that. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, we'll yeah so <laughs> speaking of uh, growing, what what I mean, you guys are growing like a weed in the like Clifton Tap Room and elsewhere. Yeah. Yeah. So we did. Uh, we've added about 400, 400 square feet mm -hmm. uh, that we were using as office space at, in our current tap room, and we we've um, we've ended up renting the rest of that building. So we have the entire building. So I would guess another, I don't know, eighteen hundred, two thousand square feet. That's sort of just in a demoed state right now. Um, we've kind of put a pause on that while we work on getting our Mount Washington location open. It was just getting to be a little too much uh, to try to manage both of those projects at the same time from a financial perspective and then just everybody's time. So maybe yeah. talk us through, because so we talked about how you guys kind of got your start. It's very organic. It's piece by piece. It's like, let's grow. Um, we talked about how it's a much different to kind of build a no overhead business model, mm -hmm. no huge debts. Now you guys are kind of like, yeah. let's go, yeah, let's take the next now. step. Yeah. You have a viable product. You have a good brand. You've kind of gone through, you understand the brewing business. You understand how to build these things. Does that feel more scary than the first time you guys open the tap room? Or does it feel just kind of more natural than it is definitely a little bit more scary. Um, you know, I think, when, when we should we, also probably say what you guys are doing. You guys are opening up a, a 
second location in Mount Washington. Yes. Uh, that's very, how many square feet? About 5,000. Um, so 5, it's twice as big, basically, no, as everything. It'll end up being, with the new additional square footage we have, the spaces will end up being about the same. Mount Washington may be a little bit bigger, yeah. but not not by more than a couple hundred square feet. Okay. So um, that just gives the listeners an idea of what we're talking about. But yeah, go back on that train of thought just about how you guys kind of yeah, got there. Um, so when we first opened in Clifton, without having any loans or high overhead, no matter how bad a month was, Roger and I could have written a check to cover our really only expense, which was our rent. Yeah. Especially when we first opened and we only had like one employee. <laughs> Um, we could have sold zero beers and just been like, oh, this stinks. Here's a check. <laughs> That's that, how progress is still there. That, that, that really won't be possible going forward. But, you know, we, we bought a brand new 10-barrel system. Uh, we're going to have uh, four 10-barrel fermenters, a 20-barrel fermenter. I mean, state-of-the-art chilling, cooling systems, 10-barrel steam. Um, I'm even going to have like a you know, a fancy conveyor, you know, when I, yep. when I grind my grain, it's just going to be transferred over to the, you guys are fucking bougie as shit now. Awesome, I remember the homebrew days, but, carrying uh, sacks of grain. I, I always tell people, gallant. what, yeah, I'm, gallant. what yeah. I'm most excited about is the floor drains, <laughs> yeah. which I oh, do oh, not wow, have okay. a floor drain now. So when I drain a tank, I've got to hook a hose up and like, you know, run it 20 feet over to you know, the one little floor drain back in the corner of the building. Oh, you're about to be a master with that little spray hose. Oh, man. <laughs> I'm really pumped about that. Really like, I really like Patrick, uh, but floor but, drains changed him, man. Yeah. <laughs> they changed but, him. You know, another thing we're doing uh, in Mount Washington that I think will be part of our business in every location we do going forward is we're bringing in a restaurant. So full service restaurant. We've already hired our chef. Uh, we're going to start doing some pop-ups in Clifton where he's going to be cooking some of the items that are going to be uh, – premiering on our menu in Mount Washington. And then once we turn the uh, project back on at Clifton to revitalize Clifton, we'll be adding a kitchen there too. Awesome. Yeah. It's, 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 it's really incredible. And when you think about, <clears throat> when you think about the idea of what makes us nervous, I think uh, two years ago, right, right as we were opening, you know, it's been two years now, which is crazy. April 30th was two years. So um, it, that literally seems like two months. I know. By the way, yeah, <laughs> um, and a decade. Yeah, <laughs> like at the same, same time. Like, yeah. But you know what was scary then was we've never done this. We've never owned a bar. You know, I had some college bartending experience, but other than that, there was nothing really between the two of us. And we figured it out, and we figured a way that it worked for us. Uh, and that was scary when we first did it, right? You know, letting people opening up your doors and having people review you on Untapped and on Google, and and I'm proud to say, like, we have like a four nine on Google and on Yelp, and because we really do, like, our main focus is taproom experience and, and and customer experience and how we engage and how people engage with our brand. What's scary now is that you know while we're stepping into Mount Washington with bigger beer brewing systems and. Um, that doesn't scare me anymore. R running a bar doesn't scare me anymore, but we're putting a kitchen in and I don't know yeah. how to do that. <laughs> so that's a little bit of, that's a little scary, but I'll be honest, the, the, the city of Mount Washington, uh, from the, from the, the people who live in, in Mount Washington to the, the people who run Mount Washington, uh, it's been a it's a, a humbling experience of how amazing everyone has been to us. They've waited. Um, you know, it was two years before we opened Clifton and we heard for two years, when are you going to open? And then we opened and then 
we decided we were going to open a second location. Now it's been a year of hearing, when are you going to open? So we're hearing it again. Um, but it's been amazing. You know, we're, um, partnering with the city, you know, we hope that we're a catalyst to bring additional businesses out to that area. Uh, Mount Washington's one of the fastest growing cities in the state. Um, Bullitt County, uh, as as rich of a bourbon heritage it has with Jim Beam and with Four Roses has, and, and all the wineries, you have Forest Edge, you have Villanova, has never had a brewery in all of the county. And you're talking about a county with like, you know, 80 to 100,000 people. Um, so it is, uh, uh, it's underserved. I think there are a lot of places in Kentucky that are underserved. And totally this is, agree. Most places in Kentucky are <laughs> underserved. Yeah. yeah. So we've just had, you know, you, you think about that area and I grew up in the South end of Louisville. So I speak from a little bit of experience. It's not the exact same, but it's very, there's a lot of parallels and, um, craft beer, uh, it's grown in those areas, right? It's not always just the people who are in a rural area who are asking for, you know, macro domestic. Now there's a lot of people who are asking, like, we can't wait until you guys get out there because we're we're ready to try all of the things you have, not just your lager or your yeah. amber. You know, yeah. Something last week or last week when we uh, we basically went through the passport one by one and said, this is what Louisville beer we think is going to be in five years. Mm-hmm. And like one of the biggest points that we hit on is like it's got to be beyond the city center. You know, mm-hmm. it's got to go out to the south end. So like you're bringing a fair deal. Yeah, yeah, that's where I grew up. So, like, you guys are bringing <laughs> Shively Saison is just like a number <laughs> of know, years away. I've had this exact conversation with Roger. I think my experience so far, and while we're not open in Mount Washington, the way the community has already embraced us, the way the city's embraced us, it's really opened my eyes to looking at as we've we use the word underserved, other underserved areas. Because you know, after we get Mount Washington open, you know, Roger and I talked about a third location. You know, and before Mount Washington, we're like, oh, we should just open like a tap room somewhere in the East End. Okay, well, I'm not thinking that really that way anymore. Maybe, but I'm also I very much asked Roger about like where he grew up in Fairdale. Yeah, I talk. I think about that all the time because, like, you know, in the I'm gonna actually probably stop using the word craft beer because people at this point there are craft beer lovers and there are people who seek out these like new beer experiences and who want. If you guys listen to our podcast a few episodes ago, like trying all that crazy shit from like Urban Artifact. And I appreciate that. And I appreciate the craft that goes into it. And you guys make great novelty beers <laughs> like the one we just drank. Um, but you guys like, yeah, well, yeah, that's a novelty that's a, that's beer. That's a certified banger. That's certified <laughs> novelty. But okay, so my point is. I drink that for breakfast. That we talk about underserved areas. It's not like these people aren't drinking beer. Right. Like they're drinking just as much beer as everyone else. They just are used to what they're used to. I think that the new thing, and it's kind of what we're talking about, it's like not going to the, it's sometimes you want to go where everybody knows your name. Mm-hmm. Everybody has their favorite bar. Everybody has their favorite like watering hole in their neighborhood. Uh, craft breweries are, I, I said I was going to stop using that. Breweries mm-hmm. are the people who make beer and the best domestic beer is That's the beer the made in your neighborhood. Yeah. Like Absolutely. the local think, watering hole. Yeah. I think that being your area's go-to place for that. Right? Straight out right. of Clifton. Exactly. Like we, and, and we, that's, you know, we have two core beers for the listeners who, who don't know our brand as well. We have two core beers and we have made in the, in these first two years, we've probably made 200 different beers. I would say probably somewhere in that neighborhood, maybe, maybe 150, but um, we, we, we meet every week. And we have discussions on what new beer, like, what are we going to do? What, what kick last week? What's moving for the time of year? And then, but the only, out of the 20 tasks we have, the only two beers that don't ever change are named after our two locations. So we have a IPA straight out of Clifton 
and we have a golden lager uh, called Golden Bullet, and um, and soon to be Light Bullet as well in a couple of weeks that we just ah brewed, nice uh, all right all right um, by popular demand. But um, but I think that it's it's an ode you know, to the areas that we're in because they've supported us so much. Like we're the bar, right? Like we're the place that people come and and hang out. And, you know, if you can connect with your community, like we did, we host, we just hosted a bright side event where we, you know, we had the, 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 you know, district nine uh, Hollander came out and we walked up and down Frankfurt Avenue and we just cleaned the streets and had a good day engaging with the communities. And then afterwards, um, we sip and sweep. So everybody who came out got a free beer on Gallant Fox. And, that's beautiful. You know, like, and that's what beer is all about. Like picking up trash, not that fun. But if you're doing it with friends and you know you're going to go share a beer together afterwards, like that's kind of fun. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And it's and you're you're engaging. You know, people. I think we live in this era, and this. You know, I've worked in marketing and digital media. I think we live in this era where people want to talk a lot about doing things, but. Not really not do, do them, you know. Like, <laughs> so, like, it's an opportunity yeah. to go do something, right? You don't always get to set those things up yourself. It's actually, I don't know if you've ever really tried to like independently volunteer for stuff. It's not easy, no. right? Yeah. So, giving people the opportunity to like volunteer and having some of that stuff, it's uh, it's pretty cool. Yeah. I thought about being a big brother once. Yeah. It's you thought about it. <laughs> they ran, and then they ran a background show. I'm only like <laughs> five. You know, what podcast? Yeah, I'm only like five, five. I don't know how big a brother I would have been, but. So I can kind of consider you my big brother. I definitely talked about it. Yeah. We, we've been talking uh, about beer quite a bit, of course, um, but. Part of my background has been in spirits and people are sometimes asking me, it's like, hey, I'm going to be coming in, into Louisville. What's a good bourbon spot to go to? Where can I get good bourbon? Mm-hmm. And my, one response I always have is, well, depending on where you're coming from, you probably had better access to bourbon wherever you are. However, there are a couple <laughs> gems in Louisville and I always throw Gallant Fox into that mix as well because you all are a sneaky good bourbon bar. And yeah. that is something that you you all pride yourself in as well. By design, right? Mm-hmm. When we started, you know, it's bourbon and beer, beer first, obviously, because we're a brewery. But Patrick and I have, you know, one of the things that while we brewed and we shared a love for was was bourbon. And, uh, you know, it was not just trying to allocate stuff, but always trying to get like something that was unique and something that was new and sharing those things together. And, um, you know, we've built quite the collection, (laughs) you know, uh, Kentucky had foresight to to pass the Vintage Spirits Act several years ago, which allows us to buy stuff that like if your grandmother david had an old bottle in in her house that she had forgot about as long as it was sealed gallant fox can legally buy that bottle and put it on our bar as long that as sounds like a very specific it. example yes you leave but, my grandmother out of this <laughs> but you know with that you know it's uh, uh, some of those things that where you're not going to get things through your distributor that are you know that are older or that are harder to come by now we can acquire them and we can put it on for a reasonable rate at our bar we do a bourbon of the week every week that where we take something that's hard to find and we put it on for a price that's very palatable. So, you know, I, th- I think I said this a few weeks ago when I was on another podcast, but we want to make beer approachable for bourbon people and bourbon approachable for beer people. Yes, beautiful, yeah. And Which I is great that, synergy. Right. You, if you want to grow your market, hit the people that already like drinking. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, and part of that uh, is being proven right now with you all because you just did a, a cool collab with... Um, I'm not going to say counterpart in bourbon, but sure that 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 
boost our profile up a little bit by saying counterpart in bourbon. So uh, you all did some stuff with the, the bourbon pursuit guys, bourbon pursuit podcast. That's correct. Yeah. So really nice guys. Uh, Kenny and uh, is a, is shout, a regular shout out Kenny Coleman. Yeah. Kenny. Hey, see you on Friday. <laughs> so um, yeah, they came over, you know, we've done a couple of um, we've done a couple of collabs with bourbon company. So there's another um, good times. Bourbon uh, mm-hmm. is also another up and coming new brand, but, but Kenny and, and, uh, and bourbon uh, the pursuit uh, bourbon pursuit podcast and his bourbon brand which is now uh, all over the country in total wines they got a, they got picked up by total wine but it's called pursuit united um and they're having this weekend actually they're bringing people in from all over the country that are fans of the brand and promoters of the brand and they're having something called pursuit of palooza and uh, <laughs> Kenny's, Kenny and, and, and Pursuit United has really and, and Bourbon Pursuit Podcast has arranged a really cool weekend for those guys to for all the people who decide to come in over 100 people from all over the country descending on Louisville and they're taking them to different places in uh, in, in, in Kentucky that where they can try bourbon and they can try their bourbon and other bourbons and just have a bourbon centered weekend and part of that was uh, he dropped two of the Pursuit United rye barrels off about almost eight or nine months ago, maybe a year ago. And, um, we kind of collabed on what type of beers we wanted to do. So, um, we just pulled them out of the barrels, uh, probably two weeks ago, um, and conditioned them in our bright tanks. So we have, um, we, we kind of decided, you know, with their permission to play on, on pursuit United and the whole pursuit label. So both of the bottles, we have one that's called tropical pursuit, that is uh, rested on toasted coconut and Tahitian vanilla bean. It's an imperial milk stout. Ooh, so nice. clocks in about 12% in those barrels. The rye gives it a nice, a little bit of a different characteristic than a bourbon barrel would give it. And then uh, we have one called Late Night Snack Pursuit that we <laughs> infused with... Pop, pop, like Spinelli's or something or... Chocolate cream cookies. <laughs> yeah, I, <get> it. Nice. <laughs> I don't yes. want to end up on intellectual Chocolate property cream. again. <laughs> That's a good so, plug. So, uh, so you brought the tropical. Should we try? Uh, is this we something should. that we can open up? We can. Sweet. Okay. All right. This does say island. While oh, we're island uh, pursuit. Okay. That's what I mean. Not tropical pursuit. Uh, it's it's similar. tropical what? Tropical island, David. Tropical. Well, I mean, not it's all de- islands are de- tropical. Island. Island yeah, pursuit. That's yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I would like to quote a famous Carl Jung quote: here. "Islands <laughs> in the stream." So, uh, so while they, uh, it's Kenny Rogers. Oh, yeah, that's right. I got confused. <laughs> different, different Kenny. <laughs> <laughs> um, so well, while they, so while, while they pour that, um, how many, how many bourbons are available at the bar? Uh, a little over. We're at, at, currently at Gallant Fox Clifton, yeah, we have this. somewhere around two hundred. Um, maybe a little less, maybe a little more. We put a new bottle on every week as we add to the, the bourbon um, of the week. Um, with the, I'll say with the expansion in Clifton, oh. we'll be extending the bar back. That's so much coconut. <laughs> <laughs> and um, yeah, we'll be extending the bar back and uh, we'll be adding to that. And then Mount Washington ha- will have an even bigger bourbon bar. And um, this is probably the first... Um, Unless you read, unless you read the Pioneer News, which is the newspaper in Mount Washington, Bullock County, I've I've, I've pitched them before. Have you? Okay. Well, if you read that, you may already know this, but this has not been anything that we've announced. But that location will have a bottle license as well. So we'll be selling um, bourbon bottles as we do bourbon picks with club memberships and different things. So we're going to get people. So the the idea for us is do bourbon picks for single barrel stuff and bring those barrels in age age beer in them and then be able to sell the bottle of bourbon alongside the beer and they were both aged in the same barrel which i think is something that's never really been 
it's maybe, an extra way to nerd out and just exactly. to like to appreciate things. Yeah. And just like I always tell people like with brewing beer, just getting to taste things with different iterations helps you build your palate. Right. You get to kind of know what those flavors do. Yeah. So I think it'll be fun. And with all the banger food, it sounds like you're going to, what I'm hearing between the bourbon, the beer, the food, the location, we probably are going to be hanging out in Mount Washington quite a bit with you guys. I'm just going to move to Hey, it's the fastest growing uh, city in uh, Kentucky is what I heard. Is there going to be a club for Clifton, the Clifton Club? Of course. Yeah. Uh, so uh, and part of the plan in, in Clifton is to follow up Mount Washington. Obviously, we're putting the full kitchen in. The new chef that we hired, I, I'll, let, I'll let him talk. I'll let Patrick talk a little bit about Matt. Yeah, so Matt Trimmer, uh, he's been a longtime staple in the Louisville food scene. He's been at, um, where has he been? He's been at Parlor. North End Cafe, Parlor, North End Slice. Uh, he was most recently at Trifecta. He's Muscle one of those Burger Bar. Muscle Burger Bar. He's just one of those guys that knows everybody who's been cooking since he's 16, maybe even younger. Um, and, you know, it's funny. Roger talked earlier about the kitchen being the one thing he's nervous about. And I'm just going to say it's probably the, one of the things I'm least nervous about because we've hired Matt. He's now on staff. And I've pretty much told him, I don't want to think about the kitchen anymore. Right? <laughs> it's yours. <laughs> it's yours. You hey, already man, just know. going back to that conversation of growing a business, like, yeah. you know, one of the most valuable things Gallant Fox probably has is just like people who trust each other and know how to work together, bringing in that third partner. We get a little bit of that in Ale Trail. You guys think we all hate each other, but we do get along. Like, <laughs> It's hard. To, it's you know, I don't I don't remember where I heard this little nugget of wisdom, but somewhere, some business book I was probably forced to read at some point. It, there was the it's somewhere somebody was talking about how your team is only as strong as its weakest link. Sure. And so, you know, I pride myself on like all of the people that we hire are people that I can just wash my hands of that task because I know we have really good people handling it. Everything from Roger with marketing and social media to now Matt with uh, the kitchen, um, Michael, who does all of our distribution. You know, I love feeling confident in knowing that those jobs are handled. And if you just look at it from like a, you know, economic standpoint or whatever, that's the only way to build a great right. business is the person that you hire. If you're spending time and energy like micromanaging your employees, that's, not that's you wasting right. your own time. And like, it, and, yeah. And, and if I have to micromanage you, you maybe weren't the right hire. Yeah. You know, so I mean, you said an, a lot of nice things about Roger and Michael and Matt. Does that make you the weakest link or <laughs> potentially? <laughs> <laughs> hey, but as long like I clearly the L trail weakest link as is pointed out every week. So as long as you're self as self aware right. of your uh, link status, let's do some tasting notes in this beer, by the way. So it smells amazing. I feel like the pepper beer was was poor choice for first beer because that's all I taste. <laughs> no, I don't know, dude. I smell well, especially uh, in the same cup. So I yeah. smell pineapple, coconut, but I get. Did you say there was rye in here too? Uh, no, it's not this a, one. It's, this is there's uh, not rye in the grain bill, but it was a rye bourbon barrel. Oh, that's yeah, what I get. I get that tannic kind of dry rye mm -hmm. kind of caraway crispiness balancing that. It's like a chewy coconut too. Yeah, it's like yeah, a little bit of the, the vanilla bean. Yeah. All right. So tasting notes. It's an almond joy. Yeah, very almond joy-esque, right? Sweet. Yeah. The coconut's there. The coconut takes the main stage and the flavor, but then it's kind of tempering out to that vanilla, and it's kind of balanced. Then you get some of that barrel the in the back of your yeah. tongue. The rye kind of starts yeah. to come through as you breathe. 
That's fantastic. Yeah, that's I don't, I don't truly much, special. I don't get much burn on this at all, yeah, truthfully. What I mean, what where are we sitting at with this? I mean, uh, by burn, I just mean that tannic dryness, oh, okay. that kind of dry, coffee, woody kind of thing that comes on the very back of my tongue. Yeah, we um, we we sat on these barrels. We we, I don't. How long did we have these barrels? About eight months. Mm-hmm. But we purposely uh, didn't want an overaged or an over oaked beer. Yeah. So, um, we only let them rest in those barrels for about four months. I think almost five. Almost five. It's a great sipper. It tastes like coconut as it's just, I took a sip and it's sitting on my palate. Mm -hmm. It starts out sweet coconut, it dries out, and now all I'm tasting on the back of my tongue is like coffee and wood barrel. It's Mm -hmm. fantastic. Yeah. Very well done. The wood's nice. And I think it's different. You know, these are, um, and I don't, I'm not sure where these barrels will source from. I don't think it's Kentucky bourbon or Kentucky rye. So the- It's from a tropical island. Yeah, it's from (laughs) from the island in the MGPs. Yeah. But I think that the wood, to me, it had a, it had a, a, a less bourbon burn and more of a toast, like the rye toastiness, which yeah. was nice. Um, it was I, me and Patrick even talked about that. I said this is not the normal type of flavor that we're pulling out. This is this would almost to me be like a toasted barrel, you know. So it yeah, was, the, it was good. The yeah. rye isn't like super spicy; yeah. it's yeah. more muted. But That's it a has... good point. We we did that one beer with the uh, toasted staves, mm-hmm. the Maker's Forty Six. Yeah, you're right. There's a toast. similar. F- mm-hmm. I can't shot through the heart feel maybe or mm-hmm. something about that that reminds me of that. Are you all allowed Valentine's to say that? Day beer. That's right. Yeah. I don't think y'all are allowed to say that. What? That's a phrase. <laughs> That's a yeah. In, my, in <laughs> no, Minecraft. I'm, ta- I'm, ta- I'm talking about the uh, the where you got the staves. Oh. Um. It was. It's know. all digital. It was a, like a. It was a Minecraft get, thing. Get, get that. CND or it was non-fungible. Yeah, yeah it's non-fungible. <laughs> it was non-fungible. Yeah. They're not. Mm-hmm. They're not listening. It's just us. Well, yeah, this is fantastic. And like you said, it nails that kind of thing between like bourbon lovers and beer lovers, which is like mm-hmm. such a great gateway for it for nice. people on both sides of the equation. It just seems like every week something somebody brings something on this podcast that is like deceptively 10, 12 percent. <laughs> yeah. It's like, yeah, great. This is awesome. I want to yeah. drink the whole thing. And then by the end of the podcast, I'm like, and we're done. <laughs> we're done. <laughs> I drank the whole thing. And then I start trying to tell you about how self-driving cars are going to revolutionize yes. our economy. So I have a, um, or I should say we, we have a, uh, we brewed what I'm calling an Imperial Saison, came into about 10%. And then we put it into a four, probably about a four year bourbon barrel that then had a red wine for a year. Wow. wow. So it's an Imperial Saison in a bourbon barrel that then had a red wine in it, now has our Imperial Saison in it. The Imperial Saison prior to the barrel was one of those. It was where, fantastic. That sounds You know, great. when I took and a sip of it, I would, you would have never have guessed it was 10%. It sounds like one of those beers that's like probably going to cure uh, like all diseases. Of the, mm-hmm. like, it's like. Well, that, I mean, my allergies feel better. Yeah, though. exactly. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> but I will say this we can't say what the bourbon barrel was for that Imperial Saison, but I can tell you that um and give a shout out to some of our new neighbors and friends out in mount washington ah, the wine barrels came clue. from um forest edge so nice. forest edge sourced them from a friend in the bourbon industry and they aged their ridge runner red wine in it so if you've had forest forest edge by the way brants and uh, all those guys out there fantastic individuals if you haven't been to forest edge go check them out they have a beautiful space they have a hop vino a hopped wine that they do, which is fantastic. Super interesting. It's something I didn't think that would be for my palate. That was really good. Um, their wine is super interesting. And if you're a beer lover and you like gallant Fox and what we do, they're very similar in the wine game. They have like some spicy pepper wines and but this, this Ridge runner red barrels that we got were, I mean, when we got them 
as we roll them into the brewery, we're still leaking red wine. There was, <laughs> think, so this this saison mm-hmm. that goes in there is yeah. going to be fantastic. Hell yeah! It's I probably think, also not going to sit very long because of how much was in there. So, yeah, I, I, I might have been there that day. Yeah, you were. <laughs> <been there, I laughs> yeah. So speaking of like wonderful things, did you bring us anything for show and tell? I did. I bought two things. So you okay. you ask for something that was beer related. Now I thought you I loved wanted, something um, that, that you love that I love that's beer related. That's beer related. And yeah. I didn't want to bring Gallant Fox oh. because I mean we drink Gallant Fox all the time, right? Yeah. So sure. I one of the things I haven't been able to do. Me and Patrick are beer and bourbon guys, right? Mm-hmm. So before we owned Gallant Fox, we had bunkers of beer and bourbon, and now we just make our own beer and put bourbon on our bar. So our bunkers haven't really gotten big, but they haven't also dwindled. Right. So I have a lot of stuff. So, today, <laughs> so I, have of stuff. I have brought a, one of my favorite beers from Bull and Bush Brewery out of Denver, Colorado. It is called Royal Oil. I assume jokingly on the side, it says seller for up to 25 years. <laughs> oh, that's amazing. <laughs> I hope that's a joke. <laughs> I think it'd be good for 20 years. You think? So it's a 13 and a half percent strong ale, which is one of Patrick and I's favorite styles where strong ales, barley wines, ESBs. Like we're, we, we have a, uh, we have a love for the, some of those styles of beer. So I'll let John open that up and uh, we'll drink, we'll drink some bull and bush. Find some it's, conversation topics. It's, it's got that, uh, it's, it's got wax. that golden wax uh, that everybody loves so much on on every bottle they've ever gotten. Don't so, cut yourself. Yeah. It's not my People fault. are gonna cut themselves. Here, it's fine. This. Guys, uh, what? I'm a fucking professional. <laughs> for the love of God, You're, he's not that's, gonna that's cut, when you, that's when himself. You cut himself. Ah! He's this gonna cut me. What's <laughs> <laughs> the, the, um, the blood? This what? is just. This yeah. is as dangerous as which, like, um, opening an avocado. Which, <laughs> which year is this? I, uh, I don't know. You're I mean, come on. I think come it's on. like eighteen, maybe. Huh, cool. Okay, so we're so we're sitting on some aged yeah. barley wine. No strong ale. So, okay, but this is life. Yeah, right. Yeah, it's right, life. It's life. Yeah. So rule is uh, th- these guys Bull and Bush. If you've never been to the brewery out in Denver, um, super nice, um, uh, super nice bourbon collection as well. They know a lot about that for for a bar and brewery that's not in um, not in Kentucky, and they um, they make fantastic beer. One of their other beers that I love is a is a stout called the Legend of the Liquid Brain. It's delightful. And they That's do, amazing. They do that <laughs> in vintages as well, uh, but just a uh, super fun brewery. I want that on my tombstone, actually. That's, like, that's a good. <laughs> that sounds yeah. very like 60s sci-fi esque. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> One of them is like 8-bit digital label. They do the label different every year. So yeah, it's pretty, pretty, pretty cool. I like the so. the underside of the cap here has a 14 or on it. Mount Wilson. <laughs> so I mean, <laughs> Denver. <laughs> like, oh. uh you know I've, I've actually never been to that tap room before i've been out there you know if, if a few you, dozen times but i've not yet far to actually from go. like cherry creek area it's kind of like a older style rustic looking tap room but oh it guys, is, guys it actually says it's from 1971 <laughs> <laughs> 13 and a half percent abv bottled 8 17 2018 it looks like and then uh, this is bottle number, if anybody cares, if I anybody's care. collecting, bottle number 724, seller for up to 25 years, which is that's incredible. Which is I love it. All right, well, let's put that to the test, eh? 
Also, the the top of the cap. Uh, I, I'm getting the bull and bush joke now. It's just two kids showing each other their genitals. Which is hilarious. You know what? I kind of respect the, that. The fact that it's still their logo is <laughs> yes, yeah. interesting. Yeah. <laughs> that is that is an unexpected, <laughs> hilarious little piece. Michael's turning red in the face. At now, that, I, you know, <laughs> after now it's it's all this fucking like high ABV that we're drinking right now. So the smell this of one this smells is all of like the booze. fruity. It's that we were we were arguing about like old ale, strong ale, barley yeah, wine. Yeah, that's the smell. But it's, to yeah. me, that strong barley wine. Uh, how it smells it's delicious. Fruity, plummy, raisiny, but mostly it's just like you can tell it's oh, malty alcohol evaporating it in your like face. Malt. Let's have Michael so, describe it. Yeah, go ahead, Michael. Sorry. No, I mean, it smells like. You know, I, so I mean, I, 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 I get like stone fruit, but also like leather and uh, this is not bourbon. No, I mean, no, but the, yeah, if you had your leather. eyes closed and you sniffed it, though, yeah. like you could be fooled. You could be this fooled. is so on the palate to me, I get a lot of date. Like a sure. lot of like that fig dried fruit. Date, Have you ever right? had yeah. fruit leather? Yeah, that's yeah. exactly what it smells yeah, like. That's what I'm thinking of. It's fantastic. I love that. Like airheads but fruit there's like a fruity bright mm-hmm. wow what is what is that taste it's like getting? a mustiness bourbon <laughs> <laughs> mm. i've i've never had this beer i know this is kind of like a not, not a whale but i mean this is a pretty sought after beer right yeah mm-hmm. uh, it's, a, it's a, like almost a light bright enough cherry to kind of be that like maraschino grenadine pomegranate kind of flavor it's, it's, it's like no what what it is it's it's like the the artificial juice of any of those fruits that you just described. Yeah, like yeah, like, grenadine kind of yeah. type thing. It's not yeah. sweet to me though. Not sweet. Yeah. No, it's very good. Mm-hmm. It's you. very good. Indif- and indifferent, right? Unique, and that's yeah. It, it, you want to have beers that, and that's one of the things. Like as we brew beer, you know, we're always like, wonder what that would taste like. Well, guess what? We have a three and a half barrel system. We can find out. Let's find out. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So it's like vegetal, but not in a bad way. And you guys are slowly, well, I mean, you, you've been doing it for a while, but you're slowly building a program to age beers for longer and longer and longer, right? Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. So we have uh, more barrel space in Mount Washington with obviously with the larger, with the larger capacity, but um, we are not by any means sunsetting uh, Clifton brew house. So Clifton, we will start the, the great thing about a three and a half barrel system is it's a great size system to, to fill a couple barrels. Right. Yeah, exactly. So, um, I think we'll start doing a little bit more. Yeah. Patrick's Patrick's our head. You know, as 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 Patrick and I brewed together, it became evident that we both couldn't do everything. Right. And I think that, you know, the evolution of this is that Patrick is very, you know, he's got a military background. He's very detail oriented and, um, you know, very hands on Patrick. And makes really good beer. Makes really say. good beer. <laughs> it's true. Pat- it is true. <laughs> that is true. You know, Patrick did a lot of like the work, like the craftsmanship work in the brewery too. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you go into Gallant Fox Clifton, like, uh, you know, the bar, even the, like the overhead, like light apparatus, like I don't have the skills to build any of that stuff. You know what I did? I like, I hollowed out the lighting fixtures while Patrick built everything. <laughs> like I did the work that you well, can do. Well, hey man, but then the other, the other side <laughs> of that is like, you know, you can build, if you build it, they will come is not necessarily always true because somebody mm-hmm. has to be able to tell the story and talk about it and like, yeah. It, it's I, you guys have a great uh, dynamic. And yeah. like, it's a good dichotomy, but yeah. Patrick's yeah. taken over 
you know, he's our head brewer, our, uh, you know, and he's, you know, he is taking the bull by the horns. He has, he's doing, I mean, we're on a three and a half barrel system at minimum. It's a two brew day week every week. Um, and he is building out his team, you know, um, our assistant, or I guess our, one of our brewers, Yo, Dale. Dale. Yeah. Shout out to mm-hmm. Dale. Shout out Dale. Um, we were supposed to have a brew day today and I showed up around nine o'clock and I guess Dale, I like to say he did a Dale. <laughs> He decided to come in at 2 a.m. So when I got there to help with the brew day, it was pretty much done. And they say that kids don't want to work these days. Right. Come yeah. on, Kim Kardashian. <laughs> you get into the beer industry and you'll change your mind. Yeah, and Dale's Dale is a full-time EMT firefighter. Yep. So he is working out of the love. You know, Dale and I are fraternity brothers from college at UofL. And uh, he, we've always shared a love for beer. And when, uh, when I was going to, when me and Petra were starting this thing up, he wanted to be involved in some way. And he had homebrewed with us a little bit. Me and Dale homebrewed a little bit as you well. You and him more. Yeah. I think I brewed with him once. Beforehand. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, you know, we had brewed some some Aquatine Hunger Force themed beers at different, <laughs> different times. And uh, uh, David, yeah. I can explain that reference to you. If you Dale's good. To. Dale, you. Is, Dale is an excellent brewer and he's a hard worker. And I'm glad he's on the team. Hell yeah. yeah. And it, I think Gallon Fox, uh, we give people the opportunity to do things that they can do. You know, we talked about Kenzie earlier and she came in and uh, she saw me working on labels and she's like, I have some graphic design skills if you want me to help. And we're like, yeah, yeah, we'll, 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 we would love for you to do that. Or, you know, we have another um, bartender, Michael Hook, who uh, is being trained as a sellerman right now. Mm-hmm. So it's, if you have a desire, you know, um, Zach, who we just featured for our first employee feature last week on our, on our Facebook and Instagram pages, um, he comes in and he helps can, uh, he helps bottle, and he is now uh, in control. He's been working in the bar industry in Louisville for a long time. He's now leading our cocktail program because a brewery is also a bar like exactly. that, and that's a totally different skill set than. Yeah, so he designs guy. our co- our new cocktail of the month every month. It gets added to our sort of library of available cocktails. And, and, so. and last month we sold like a hundred lavender lilies for Derby, and it was <laughs> his. oh Courtney had one of those, and we were hanging out with you guys yeah. uh, Trail Tuesday, I believe. Yeah, uh, so great cocktail. Yeah, yeah, you know he's making lavender syrup. In this month we have a uh, peach. What is it? A peach? Paloma. Paloma. Oh, yeah. Palomas are delicious. Yeah. yeah. I, I like I love beer, but I've been really getting into clear spirits lately. <laughs> oh, man. I, I'm all about some gin. Yeah, just, uh, it's, <laughs> I it's, love it's some tequila gin. guy. But, you know, the, the clear spirits are making a comeback. Mm-hmm. And you guys did like a seltzer collab. Oh, oh the seltzery. Why don't yeah. you talk about that? Yeah. So the seltzery is a relatively new spot. Uh, maybe... A little probably newer than us. I don't really know. Oh, when certainly they newer. They were like in the okay. last nine yeah. months. Nine to six. Okay. Yeah. Six <laughs> so definitely newer than us. Um, but Pat- it feels like the- Patrick gets out quite a bit. <laughs> well, <laughs> I've, I've seen you out at West Six before, I, like yes. exactly two times. <laughs> I wasn't quite sure how long they'd been there, but apparently less than I thought. Anyway, um, I don't. I don't know who reached out to who, but we ended up doing a collab with those guys, and we did a blueberry. We ended up calling it a blueberry yum yum. It was basically a blueberry cobbler wheat um and we used their blueberry cobbler flavoring that they do with their blueberry cobbler seltzer so yes. i think the beer came out pretty stellar I, did. Uh, I think we've sold out of it already no we have a, one keg left okay we have so, a keg left and, and that actually comes from you know we one of the people we really haven't shot out a lot on this is michael michael workman our yeah. our manager of sales and distribution our, our first full-time employee ever um, and, and salaried employee ever. Mm-hmm. Um, 
came on. He was he had a full time job and he was a bartender. He worked at Drinkswell before. Yeah, he's another one of those guys that just like knows how to do his what he does. What he does, and yeah. you know, he came. He actually approached us with self distribution. We'd been talking about. Was how, he our first bartender? Yeah, other than Dale, yeah, 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 he was. He was. Yep. So you know, um, and Michael kind of came to us and he was like, "I've heard you guys talking about self distribution, like." I kind of really just want to dive into Gallant Fox, and I'd really, I, I, he, what, he, he was already planning to divest from his day job. He was, was in insurance, and um, he, he came to us and he's like, "What if I took over your distribution with, with everything that's going on now with Self Distro?" And we were like, "Oh, well, we, we, we thought we would do it ourselves, but yeah, like, like Patrick talked about earlier, hiring people who just have that drive and." Michael's really good. He's not great about following our our dress code, but he is great. <laughs> he is great. Oh, I, I don't know, man. Like the, he is the, absolutely great at building relationships with our customers. But you know, if we well, not don't, everybody can wear a tuxedo. If to work we every don't day, like enforce the dress code, do we actually have a dress code? Two, two things on that: a rule without punishment isn't a rule. Yeah. But also, NBA jerseys are fine. What about NBA shorts and flip flops? <laughs> It's fine. Anyways, Michael's a gr- he's he's great. He built he like seriously relationship building, but fantastic. And he has um he has he has completely killed the game on getting us into spaces around town, and which is a new game, a very new game, la- less than a full year old. Kind I of think- could cha- could be a disruptive game, honestly, to the three tiered system or to the like we've talked about domestic quote unquote beer versus quote unquote craft beer, being able to self-distribute to bars and restaurants and to be able to sell kegs to people. Right. That's kind of huge. It's crazy for me to go into a place and see our beer on. To go to and not just any like the the great thing about doing it ourselves is we're not leaving our destiny up to anyone else. We, Michael, let's explain this to the listeners too real quick. So okay. as of a couple of years ago in Kentucky, mm-hmm. uh the way that our one alcohols year. One work. Year. Yeah. As of a year ago, you it, you couldn't if you are Gallant Fox, if you have a brewery and you make beer, even if you want to pour your beer at a well, let's not go there. No, even if you want to if you want to sell your beer at a bar, you sell it to a distributor. They sell it to the bar. For right. Thirty percent markup. Exactly. <laughs> As of the like uh, most recent legislative changes. Thank you to the Kentucky Guild of Brewers and the to everybody of SB 15. Yeah. Yes. Uh, you can now sell your beer directly to the people who are serving it to the customers or yes. to the customer so in the, a limited the quantity. Traditional hierarchical model of three tier where it has to flow either up or down through the three tiers is customer, kind of been, distributor uh retailer. retailer has been brewer. <laughs> yeah, has been axed at the second level um for the four breweries up to a certain barrelage. Yeah. Yes. Which is and, it's and kind the of high. Is it's high. ridiculous. Yeah. It's huge. There the likelihood that that many breweries in Kentucky would would ever hit that level is very low. Maybe all tech, I don't know. Yeah, um, but it's it's a it's a huge. Amount. It's like twenty thousand barrels a year, I think. It's something. Big. But but a lot of people have started using this model, and and y'all are killing with it. Yeah, we are. You know, um, what what it's enabled us to do is, you know, let's say, you know, I, first of all, we have really good relationships uh, with our with distributors that come into our bar because we buy from distributors too. We have guest kegs. We have you know our spirits program. 
and and some of the distributors the their salespeople are are, are regulars right so chris who's our bells bells rep is in all the time and erica from beer house and and, and gabe from heidelberg so they're great people but if 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 we were to sell through them we go on a list with Rheingeist and we go on a list with Bells and we go on a list with Urban Artifact. And when you go in, who are you going to sell if you're if you're them? You're going to sell right your, your big accounts. accounts. You're going to sell your big accounts. It's not in the people who give you free, not free, but the people who give you merch and right and, swag and, and, and who have a little bit more pull. And, it's basically and the people, pharmaceutical industry, <laughs> right? If you walk in and you have Rheingeist, like your Heidelberg, you have Rheingeist, even a even a company like Blue Stallion that's been around for a while, who's who, by the way, has we buy Blue Stallion all the time because they have great, great beer. interesting beer yeah. that that fits kind of our profile. But if you walk in with those things, there's no marketing that needs to be done. Rheingeist has done the marketing, right? You don't have to educate people. I've yep. got this great new Rheingeist beer whatever it is, it's, they're like, okay, yeah, give it to me. Right. Whereas you go in with a gallon Fox beer who you haven't heard of. The great thing about Michael, when he walks in is he can educate people. He gets to tell our story to everybody. He's only selling gallon Fox beer and we are sending him and having meetings with him every week. And we are identifying the places that we want our brand to be. Exactly. In, which yeah. is huge for us, right? Yeah. We're a bourbon bar. So we're a bourbon brewery that has a, a beer brewery that has a bourbon bar. So, you know, we're looking at places that align with that, that align with our brand, that align with like our customer demographics. So you will you can find us a lot of places like, you know, for the listeners out there, if you haven't had Gallant Fox beer, you know, you can go to Drake's, you can go to International Tap House, you can go to Melwood Tavern, who yeah. has the best fried chicken in Louisville. Easily. Wait, Easily. Hold, hold on though. Didn't, didn't ITAP just close? Don't know. I think, really? I, I think they closed. Oh, wow. Like as of no. last week. What about all those coupons they gave us? Are those still valid? <laughs> I need to get some keg deposits. Jesus. How about just the kegs? And cutting out that second level, I mean, you do make a little bit more coin on the sale itself. So, you it, know, if you're going to send a keg out, you're not going to make what you're sure, going to make in the but, tap room. But, but now we have, have you seen gas prices now. <laughs> yeah. But now we have a van. We have. You know, full time gas in it. We have a Nobody told employee. you to buy a van. Well, you, you, have to, you, have to have you have to have a marked car, though. Yeah. You got to buy vans to make vans. You can't dude. do this undercover. Yeah, I mean, I yeah. I would. Just, start, just, saying. just throw some uh, throw some kegs in your Forester and just like ride around town. But, hey, would you like it this? Believe it or not, there are regulations. All oh, kinds yes. of them. <laughs> like the inside of the van has to be like legally the brewery to be right. able to take it from like place to place. It's psychotic. It's, yeah, it's crazy. You know, it, we'll digress from, you, yeah. you know, <laughs> going back to a second ago, talking about like how, you know, you're in a house of brands with Rheingeist and that's like the main seller. It's really interesting that you say that because maybe about five years ago when I was working in my first one of my first beer jobs uh, working at a distributorship, um, I was working for a, a Miller house distribution place and not not in Louisville. Mm -hmm. And I was the the craft beer geek on the team and I was very new and I was very excited and I was getting into all the craft brands. And there I was at a Walmart at 6 a.m. Uh, restocking, you know, 30 racks of hams. And <laughs> I wish I could have known like bright eyed beer molar back in the day. <laughs> uh, he was a fucking nerd. <laughs> same, same now, but just even worse. Ryan Berg said that once. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, but it was really funny, though, because I always just had a meeting and talking about like, yeah, but like this is the thing that I know. And I feel like I know it a little bit like I'm. I'm a little bit more tuned in, which I was like, I was very comfortable saying that. And they're just like, yeah, but also listen, Miller keeps the lights on for us, mm -hmm. which is absolutely true. And I get that. But it's really funny, though, that like five, six, 
seven, six, six years later, you're talking about the same thing with like a bigger craft brands, which is how far we've come at this point. Yeah. What does craft mean? Right. Exactly. What craft beer is dead. <laughs> yeah. Craft beer is dead. So, I mean, but what does it mean with the Long latest craft? Beer. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and we love, I love Ryan Geist. The yeah. Beer is great. But, um, you know, there's a, and, and this is something we've learned being a small brewery is that, you know, the, the struggles that we have as a three and a half barrel brewery are not the same struggles that a 10 barrel brewery has. And, no. not the, and they don't have the same struggles that a 40 barrel brew house has. Like it's, it's very different. Right. And, and you, you have different things that you have to focus on and, you know, and the great thing, I will say this, the great thing about Kentucky beer is that everybody is so friendly and so open to help. Every time we've, we needed something, whether it's a bag of grain or we've had a question as we were, you know, moving from, from, you know, home brewing to a little bit more pro brewing to pro brewing. And even as we're moving to our new system, um, you know, everybody has been super helpful and, and super open as we've, you know, as we've needed to ask questions. And now, you know, it's, it's interesting because it's that um, it's that camaraderie now that we're, we're passing on. So now there's a lot of newer breweries who are trying to do this, uh, something similar to what we did, like open, with, you know, a smaller budget and, and build their own, you have to build it. And then you, you grow when, when you're allowed to grow. And, um, the guild has done a good job of pointing the smaller breweries our way. We've helped several new startup breweries who, uh, have come over and watched like, you know, when you're, this is perfect. People ask me that all the time. I said, go drink a beer at Count Fox, go drink a beer at Great Flood and right. just like trick try to be nice and make friends with the bartender and just ask questions. Exactly. And this is the greatest place to talk about this because there's a difference between a ball lock keg and, and a Sankey D right. And how we fill kegs was completely foreign to us. Right. Like it was just like, how do we do this? It's not something we'd ever done before. So, um, we learned it. Right. And now we're imparting that knowledge on to someone else. You know, there's a huge, level of education. I mean, you guys bootstrapped a lot of your operation, which I'm sure came with an immense amount of (coughs) education that was just on the fly. But also, like you said, there's there's a great community to reach out to. Um, But I'm done talking about beer. So I want to hear what you brought us that is not beer that you love. Oh, yeah. We're still doing show and tell. (laughs) Yeah. I forgot. I brought brought Patrick. Oh, my God. That's a great, great choice. I am the true gift here. (laughs) (laughs) So we've established you're not the weakest link. (laughs) What have we decided today? I'm an awesome brewer. (laughs) I'm the gift that keeps giving. You and a, te- keep, a team builder. Keep it coming. And yeah. you, you were home brewing when I was six years old. So there's that too. <laughs> Are you no, calling us was, old, David? Didn't you, brew on a, didn't you brew on a ship too? On a boat? In the army? No, I was stationed on a boat, but I never tried to uh, sneak <laughs> brew. my brewing equipment on. I did take some home brew with me. Uh, oh, nice. I, I will say you would think it would be hard to brew beer while you're in the military, but we're at homebrew <laughs> store stationed, I think, closest to Fort Knox. There's so many people in the military that make beer. I know. I don't know what, why you could explain the logic to me, but there's a lot. There's a lot. I know a lot of distillers who got their start brewing beer while in In, in in the the military. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I don't know why. I made prison wine (laughs) once. I wasn't in prison. Juicy juice. 
use juicy juice. The juicy juice and bread you, yeast. You smash it up and then you put it in the bag and you tie the bag off. And I, I won't explain the rest. But. <laughs> For the kids listening at home, we don't, we don't want to give. Did it you a ferment away. it in the back of your toilet? Because if not, it's not truly prison. <laughs> no, no, okay. no. We have those closet. Yeah, so <laughs> we had fancy plastic containers. Okay, we we tore the elastic out of our waistbands. Use that to tie it off. Yeah, I've watched sixty days in. I know. <laughs> well, we fermented it in 18 days, sir. So as we uh, as we wrap up and uh, enjoy this last show and tell item that, that Rogers brought. Um, so let's talk about Vintage Spirits Act. We talked about that a little bit before. Yeah. So because of that, we're able to offer stuff that, you know, everyone loves Blanton's bourbon because the bottle is ridiculous Dope. looking and has a horse and all the things, right? Um, so we've actually brought... <clears throat> oh uh, uh, offering that is not available in the U.S. Wait, yeah, I'm just now seeing this. It's 126 so this is, proof. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> so this is uh, this is Blanton's barrel proof. So this is a you'll notice the bottles actually uh, in U.S. It's they have 750 milliliter bottles. This is a 700 or a, a milliliter or a 70 centiliter bottle. So this is a little bit smaller. Blanton's ships this all the way to the UK for us to bring it right back here, right by where they made it. And <laughs> the seven sell tier it, distribution. Sell it, exactly. Yeah. And sell it on our shelves. So yeah. um, this is from a personal collection at home. But um, yeah. And I had bought this specifically because it was bottled three days after my son's birthday. But then I found one that was actually bottled on his birthday. That's so awesome. I popped so it you can just drink it out. <laughs> exactly. This exactly. is worthless. <laughs> well, so is this it going one, to melt these plastic wait, so what, tasting so what, cups? What year then? So this one was dumped uh, in 16. So that's the that's the actual um, bottle date. Mm -hmm. And it is a 126.7 proof for the listeners. That's 63.35% alcohol. That's not that much. So I'm going to let everybody pour them whatever they're comfortable with. Because if not, I will. Uh, Roger, are the, uh, are the Blanton's tops? The are same. they the same? Well, There's no letters. Th this, this is. This is, is an A. An a. So oh, I see that now. Th okay. They are the same. Now, the one that is different, <clears throat> the Blanton's Gold Bottle, which is an offering that they just started allowing to be sold in the U.S., but was previously also uh, an international distro, um, they, the horse is actually bright gold on those. Oh, nice. So, so Follow-up question. Okay, go ahead, David. Oh, oh look at y'all. It doesn't. Go ahead, David. Nice. We are being so polite to go each other. David, uh, I was I gonna ask. Oh yeah. Okay. No, no, no. Go ahead. No, no. You go first. Okay. It's better to let this one air out. A this is bit. this is a good bit. <laughs> uh, I, I got <laughs> totally irrelevant question. Was your son born on the sixth or the twelfth? That's your question. I should have gone. I, all right. That's fine. The sixth. Okay. <laughs> Fantastic. And how much time was this in sea uh, transit? Uh, I don't. I have, I have absolutely no idea. <laughs> there once was a ship that went to sea. The name of the ship was the. What's that TikTok song? The name of the ship. That's the sea. Something of tea. Soon will. The weatherman comes. Yeah, the weatherman comes. Or yeah. Whatever. I don't know. Uh, Mike, is Kentucky bourbon basically the mafia? I have no idea. I will say this. Kentucky bourbon is, and this is not a homer. Kentucky bourbon is the best. It's while most of it is obviously people made say in Kentucky, that, yeah, there's bur you can make bourbon anywhere. It doesn't have to be in Kentucky. Bullshit. Well, that's bourbon no, has that's, to be made no, in Kentucky. No, it's, yeah, it's it not true. No, it's not true at all. Yeah, it is. That's not true at all. If Absolutely you, not. It is true. There's, there's, it's not true. It is true. It's not true. If it's not in Kentucky, it's not bourbon. Well, to you. Yeah, I agree. I, I agree with that. Yeah. But I agree with you. Fuck but, your shit. Yeah. 
from a legal perspective. It's American. <laughs> Fuck your shit, Tennessee. Amer- it does have to be American. <laughs> but um, if you have, you know, and there's lots of different things. And I, I kind of equate this to the whole people who talk about like, oh, IPAs and they put hops in for to preserve it. And that's kind of silly. And when people talk about, oh, well, Kentucky has four seasons and it in and out of the barrel and all that stuff. Yeah, but there's a little bit of truth to that. If you don't have some, if you if you're if your bourbon's being aged in Texas, we all know what that bourbon tastes like. Doesn't have you ever been to Bourbon good. County, Tennessee? Me neither. <laughs> wow. Okay. Uh, I am standing up for all the bourbon producers all around the U.S. that aren't in Kentucky. Uh, and I think what you get with Kentucky bourbon is you just have so much talent. Yeah, that's yeah, true. I, it's yeah. So culture. many people. It's the culture more than the product, and the culture. Yeah. And you have so many distillers that it's hard to to pass a bad bourbon. Yeah, that's from Kentucky because yeah. you just got a business. There's too much good bourbon. If and you're if you're a skier you know, and you're from Texas, as opposed to a skier from Norway, who who are you betting on? Is it like the? Are you like? <laughs> is that like the? You want to be the big fish in the little pond or the? Yeah, little fish, yeah, but you know, but, but the issue with that comparison is that you don't believe that. You know, in, in that instance, you're projecting the idea of like, oh, they must not even have, you know, X, Y, Z in Texas. The underdog. But they do. Mm-hmm. They don't have snow in Texas. It's just not as good. This is just, this is just, I mean, I'm, I'm not going to win this one, but. Uh, 100% not. No. But I will say there's a lot of good bourbon out there and it's not just made in Kentucky. All right. Well, so what does 127% not... bourbon taste uh, like to us? Right Jet now? fuel, mostly. But. <laughs> No, it's, it's very smooth. I get it, like I'm a, wearing a hat right now from an Oregon producer. It's very good. Shout out, new, good shout out new Basin. Booze, honey, barrel is the aroma to mm. me. So here's a um, not a not a very typical opinion. I'm not a big Blanton's fan. So the mash bill that they make this with is not my favorite from Buffalo Trace. But um, I think it's much better at a higher proof. I think that a lot of that also comes with the longer you drink bourbon, the more you can kind of pull some of those nuances out with the higher proof. But um, I think that this is a much better representation of the Blanton's flavor profile than when it's watered. I feel the same way of like, you know, there's a lot of people who say they like Basil Hayden's and I'm like, oh, you, you just are not a big fan of bourbon, right? I, yeah, I, I've never, um, I've never had a huge affinity for Basil Hayden's. Yeah. Like 70 proof bourbon is kind of, you know, yeah. Right. So, but this does. I now that you say that, and if you've ever had Blanton's, you know, kind of like there's those like sweet cherry notes, mm-hmm. and like all that. This it, the sweetness really pronounces itself, but mm-hmm. at a much higher proof, this is not. This not the same beverage. At not all. at all. Yeah, not even close. And it kind of tells you, you know, like people ask us, we get a very, very common question in the bar, and that is, what's your favorite bourbon at this price point? And it could be any price point, right? So twenty, thirty, fifty, a hundred. If you had this much to spend. It, you know, the answers are different, but like the most common is 50. Right. And I always tell people, you know, um, uh, old Forrester makes that whiskey row series and there's a bunch of different versions of that expression. Right. And there's like a 1870 and 1910, which is a bottled in bond, uh, 1920 and the 1920 is 115 proof. And it's like 50 to $55, depending on where you get it. Always go to total wine if you want it the cheapest, right? Because right. they sell everything for a penny over or whatever it is. It's ridiculous. But that expression is incredible. But do support your local liquor store. Absolutely. Yeah. Frankfurt yeah. Avenue Liquors. Shout Old out. Town. Yeah, great. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Frankfurt Avenue Liquors. And then um, uh, what is it? The Wine Rack also. Yes. Yeah. yeah, the Wine Rack's great. Clinton's got yep. a great, and they both have great, um, both have great bourbon selections. But um, 
you know, that being said, that expression, 50 bucks, it's fantastic. 115 proof, like it's fantastic. And you know, who knows if they'll keep it around forever, but it's it it shoots above its above its weight. And so, whose grandmother did you steal that from? <laughs> is, not, that, is that what the law says? Not mine. Not okay, mine. not David. Uh, okay. Yeah, there's just checking. Yeah, yeah. but Gotta my, take care of my grandma, grandma did did gift me recently. Um, she said, you know, summer's coming. Um, you need to you need to probably take a shower soon. Um, <laughs> so what she did give me was this brand new bottle. I've never seen it before, but it was Head and Shoulders. Except instead of like an Irish spring or like a, you know, like a rugged, it's it's a bourbon scented head and shoulders bottle. That's nice. Yeah. It does exist now on shelves. Head and shoulders makes a bourbon scented two in one shampoo and body wash. So I'll also point out only to the people on our Patreon that this is melting the plastic glass that I poured <laughs> it in. You guys can maybe get a little, the high people buy the uh, people. Don't we don't true. have any customers that make uh, spirits around here, clearly, because that would be illegal. Um, but if we did, sometimes they might come back in and complain that the um, hydrometer test tube that they bought melted. Uh, well, that, no, you take, you know that that if you want a proofing mechanism, is it melting the plastic cup that you poured? Well, this is uh, personally my favorite thing on the table. Yeah, it's fantastic. Yeah, it's, fantastic. it's great. Thank you for sharing this with us. Of course, too. This absolutely. Is like, that's something that's truly something special. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, I would say that, you know, when you go to a bourbon bar now in Kentucky, look for those. A lot of them have vintage spirits. There's a new one that opened called Neat that's in the Highlands. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Owen, those guy, Owen and those guys there really know their stuff. And if you want something from like the crazy thing is you can go in there and buy something from the 60s or from the 70s and get something in there, there you know, get an ounce pour instead of an ounce and a half or two ounces and find something in a, you know, a price range that's relatively palatable to be literally tasting history. Kentucky is one of the only states in the country where you can literally taste vintage spirits and history of because a lot yeah, very you know, true there's so much there's so much difference when you when you think about that like elijah craig bottled in the 80s versus elijah craig bottled today well they don't even have a 12-year age statement on it anymore so it's not even 12 years old anymore but back in the 80s when bourbon was in a boom they were dumping much older stuff than 12 years old they just weren't mm-hmm. changing the label so you, you might have an elijah craig that had 17 year old juice in it whereas opposed to now you've got like N- not 12 years old anymore and just to nerd so out even a little more on completely that completely different even right? the even the barley has changed like even the actual crops have changed we promote things that have higher enzymatic content we we the malting process has mm. changed completely we get much more efficient diastatic it, it just means like you can change the starches into sugars much more easily and much more efficiently definitely Bourbon now does not taste what it tasted like. Yeah, even 10, the barrels, the wood in the barrels is different. Well, yeah, even the barrel, the coopering yeah. process is different. You know, yeah. the, the wood is younger. Yeah, the grain in the in the the, the staves is not as tight. I, mm-hmm. I've seen so. uh, my house was built in 1917, and I look at my two by fours versus the two by fours you buy at Home Depot today. And they're right. not even two not by four anymore. Yeah, That's exactly. Right. <laughs> Exactly. Are we all old curmudgeons right now? Yes. Yes. <laughs> oh, not, not David. Yeah, not, not David. Not me. Yeah. David's been playing Pokemon Go this whole time. If you guys haven't noticed. Hey, you got to get to level 40 it's, somehow. Uh, <laughs> no, it, but it's true. You know, actually, a couple of a few years back, uh, Buffalo Trace did something called, uh, they did a project where they had this collection and they actually crowdsourced info and they cut <clears throat> trees into three different parts and they made cooperage out of like the low end of the tree, the middle end of the tree, the high end of the tree. And then they did, they're like, oh, well, we'll put it in different parts of the warehouse. We'll use different humidity. So Buffalo Trace is the one who knew 
well, if you got bottle 157, they knew on the back end what that meant. And then they crowdsourced people to rate the bottles. And then out of the couple hundred different, all of the Is that the CYPB? No. It was, is it the Warehouse X or? No, no, no it was, it was just a, a project that they did. Yeah, data, and, data mining. Um, yeah, it was, um, it, it, it's, it's incredible. This, the stuff yeah. that they, that they were able to find out. And you know, it's great because ever, who doesn't want to be part of, of something like that, right? You're just like, as a huge bourbon. nerd, like yeah, that. It sounds like you want to be part of that. <laughs> I, I have several of those bottles and I, did, <laughs> and I did rate them. I appreciate that from the nerd standpoint. And that's something I appreciate so much about you guys. Like, when I come into Gallant Fox, if I try one of your all's beers, if usually one of you guys are there, but if not, like the bar staff will tell me the story that went into this beer, how you guys made it. If it's a staple, it's like, hey, this is straight out of Clifton. This is like the IPA that our community helped us build. If it's something kind of novel or if it's a bourbon, like you guys are there for that. And you can only take that so far seeing it scale into Mount Washington. I'm very excited about. I think it's going to be amazing. And... I'm here for it. I'm saying I want I want that uh, chili dog coney that you guys showed me a picture of earlier. Oh, it was delicious. Yeah. Saturday, we're we're having our first ever pop up. So, if anybody out there's listening who is interested in our food, uh, our very first ever food so, that we're making. So, to that point, this will be released on Monday. So, uh, uh, and you, and I'm sure it was, it. it was it will have and it been was delicious. It will have been a <laughs> great event. Was delicious. Uh, that's the past participle, whatever I learned in Latin. That one. Hundred and twenty proof, um, huh? Woo. But that being said, anytime after Monday, do you have anything that you'd like to plug before we close out? Anything going on in the next couple of weeks that, you, that you're so excited about? Releases? Actually, actually every week uh, from now until when Mount Washington opens, we're going to be trying to do as many weeks as possible, either Thursday, Friday, or Saturday, a pop-up with our new chef, Matt Trimmer, and featuring one dog and one 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 hot, gourmet hot dog, one gourmet smash burger, because that's what our menu is primarily focused around out there. So this week obviously is the blue cheeseburger and the Coney dog with made with our beer cheese and some house made chili. You had me a blue cheeseburger. Oh, so good. We got to try them today as I set up uh, promo photos. Yeah. But um, every week we're going to pick a different burger and a different dog and feature them. Um, so check out our Facebook page or Instagram page. And then also, you know, find our beer around town at, at different bars and, and different restaurants that have now started to, to carry our beer. Um, yeah. And if you're out there drink, oh, this is my shout out. If you're out there drinking it at like a non-brewery restaurant bar, and they don't have any local beer on tap, say, "Do you guys have anything local?" Absolutely. Could you, get, could you guys get anything local on tap? Because that's how people will buy. Mm -hmm. Makes our conversation easier when yeah. we go in. So yeah, it's definitely appreciated. Yeah, my plug is uh, completely different than all of your also. <laughs> Um, Patrick mentioned Jen. If you've never been into the Highlands to visit Darling's Gen Bar, that is a new concept for Louisville. Um, it's, it's a super cool little like intimate place to go. Um, they have some ridiculous cocktail. Like there was an Aquavit cocktail, and I'm just mm. like, I'm not a gin aficionado by any means, but I'm I'm straight up looking at the bartender like, what what the hell are you doing with Aquavit? And he's like, no, it works, man. It works. And it did. Um, so I, I trust them. <laughs> I trust them. Um, I, I look forward to going back there if you've never uh, stopped in. It's right. I next have not been home. there, but I will be looking into yeah, it. Yeah. Yeah. It sounds and, cool. Though. And while you're there next door at Perfect Day Cat Cafe, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we, now, we now have uh, their 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 beer on tap is made by Gallant Fox. It's called the Foxy Kitty. It is a fruited <laughs> Blondale. 
they will start s- selling t-shirts with the logo very soon. We'll have a shout out to us and shout out to them. But um, the cat, both Perfect Day Cat Cafe and the PG&J's Dog Bar, the the Foxy Hound Peanut Butter Brown, we're now doing beers for for both of those spots. So check it out if you're at, if you're at the the gin bar. Pick a side, Gallant Fox. Cats or dogs? <laughs> or, fo- or foxes. Or foxes. Yeah. God, for fox's sake. Yeah, for fox's sake. Yeah, that's a great way to end this. Uh, for fox's sake, everyone. My- Michael, do you have anything to say? <laughs> then, um, yeah, if you haven't done it yet, uh, Kenobi on Star on Disney Plus is very good. They just released the third episode today. So if you're into the whole Star Wars thing, ordinarily I, I'd call you a nerd, but I'd I do like I, I do like Ewan McGregor. Okay, thanks, thanks for that. I'm um, all about some Star Wars. Yeah, well, you know, Obi Wan Kenobi series miniseries on Disney Plus now, and it's great. Um, it brings me back to a place where I enjoy escaping the world. So please check it out. It, are you going to plug something non-beer related? Mm-mm. Beer though. Beer, no, beer yeah. preferred. I just didn't have yeah. anything else. So. I'd like to plug uh, Gallant Fox's new pale ale that's going to be coming out this Friday. It's freaking delicious. Oh, yeah. Perfect. What is it? I don't know that we have a name for it yet. Sunset? Well, so I always codename the beers plug. when I develop a recipe, and then sometimes Roger changes them. This one went in as Sunset Pale Ale. It's 100% mosaic, dry hopped with a little mosaic. Dry hopped at the exact same moment that uh, yeast was added. Oh, it came okay. out. Oh. Be phenomenally. So you're a believer in the uh, biotransformation process. I don't know, but I think it really. I don't know. I feel the same way. is really good. This pale ale is something special. I'm really excited about it. Yeah, that's what's going on. Hey, I would if people said that about religion, I would be more inclined to just just throwing it out there. But if you want to call it like mosaic molar or something, like feel free to. Okay. All right. Maybe this this is the beer namer, the official beer namer here. All right. Well, we'll be out to try that. That sounds amazing. All right. Thanks everybody for hanging on for another week. Uh, Thank you for Gallant Fox hanging on and uh, coming on and uh, sharing your your love with us. Yeah, thank you guys very much. Thanks, guys. Thanks to everybody on our Patreon for helping us, A, with the new audio equipment. We're still... Are you thinking people after I think people? Yeah. Uh, We're still... Are we going to fight now? Are we going to fight now? (laughs) Yeah, fuck you. I've been fucking with you the whole fucking podcast. And and this is the part where the the audio just kind (laughs) of... Yeah, it fades out. Thank you, guys. Take us out, David. Do we have any more stories? It's over. I fucking ended it. Thank <laughs> you.